How's it going everyone? Hope you're all doing well wherever you are in the world. In this one today, this podcast is a little bit different. Um, this is a live stream um, from someone else that I actually came across a few days ago and I thought it would really add a lot of value to a lot of people. It's a guy called Tom Barnett who I've heard speak quite a few times now um, and he's, he's, he's a has a great voice when it comes to things like the um, legal advice on on the on the vaccine on the vaccine post but passports sorry um on certain agreements and core values of of everything that's going on with covid and how we can kind of sort of uh, get around certain things through language and through certain le- uh, using certain legalities and things um so basically um i know that a lot of you out there constantly keep messaging me um, speaking about how you know y- your boss, for example, is threatening you, saying that you need to take the vaccine, um, and obviously you know that you don't want you don't align to that. You know you want to keep sovereignty over your over your body and mind, but you're feeling a lot of pressure. Um, so this is a, a great talk around that topic. Um, the guy, the guy um, in this in this video has done a lot of a lot of um, work around this topic, and he's helped a lot of people kind of manage this space. Um, so and, he, and he's sharing a lot of interesting information when it comes to how you can kind of protect yourselves in certain ways. And um, what I think is really interesting is that he always uh, speaks around the topic of conditional acceptance. So he says, you know, if you are be, you are being put, forced into a position um, where, and you want to keep your job, job, you know, it's a great way to handle it. It's something called conditional acceptance. He says that the secret is not to refuse it. Um, you have to approach it, the matter from like more of a kind of a, a more clever uh, legal perspective. Um, and it's always a great way, you know, you're not refusing it, but you it's a conditional acceptance kind of thing or under the under the circumstances that you can kind of give me this, you know. So it's a very interesting and clever way around um, attacking the current situation that's going on. So anyway, I thought it would be interesting to share it. Um, I think this stream is the guys from Australia. So I think it's more Pacific to Australia. But regardless of that, it's a great way to... Um, and I know this goes. I know this applies to the UK as well. What he talks about, so I, I'm I'm not. I won't be surprised. If it applies to all different countries, and and besides that, it's just a great way to kind of show you uh, and uh, broaden your horizons on some certain words and, and language and th- certain players that you can sort of um, and tactics that you can use uh, to 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 come back into your own ownership and your own power and your own empowerment. Because I think this is what fundamentally this is about. It's kind of teaching us all now that. That we kind of can't put any system outside of ourselves from a physical and a spiritual perspective, but most importantly, you know, like uh, we're being faced with a lot of opposition right now, and and there's no greater time to to come into your own empowerment, uh, especially when it comes to this situation. You know, know your laws and know where you stand on all circumstances, and this is one of them that we obviously a lot of us are facing right now, and it's a great way, and this is a great talk to kind of uh, equip your mind. Um, on no level in terms of this topic so i hope you enjoy this let me know what you think um and i will catch you in the next one probably tomorrow or the next day when i have another podcast big love Now we're dealing with an experimental medical procedure. So you think about carrying a phone and then an experimental medical, like where do you think that's going to sit in the scale of liability, of common sense, of people even wanting to try to 
uh, enforce that. I mean, we're dealing with something that I personally can't see this going anywhere. I really can't. But because a lot of people, I think, are a little concerned, we're going to go through some potential ways to remedy. Is it going to be a complete success for everybody? Who knows? Maybe. Not sure. But we're just going to go through what may or may not actually be something of value for now, for this short-term period. Masks and QR codes we've been dealing with for a long time. The essence is the same as a vaccine passport. It's all exactly the same. So let's recap a few points. Let's start with masks, all right? Because QR code's slightly different. That's more of a privacy issue. Masks are a medical apparatus. So anyone wanting to ask for any information pertaining to your health, they must be a qualified medical professional. We all know this. This is nothing new for people. And so anyone acting, and that's an important term, acting in that capacity and pretending, or to use a legal term, personating or impersonating somebody who is a qualified medical professional is already getting themselves into a bit of hot bother. That's not something you want to be doing. Likewise, if you, I mean, you imagine going down the street with a, with a badge and a, and a hat and telling people you're a police officer and, and arresting them or asking for their ID. Imagine how far you get with that. That's about how far people are likely to get as a business owner attempting to get your medical information, your identification or anything to that effect from you. So why are we seeing such high levels of compliance? Well, I mean, that's a bigger topic. That's the way human nature is and the way that it's, we are so easy to control until we become self-realized. That's the one of the main issues with that. But as far as masks and QR codes, we're dealing with medical privacy and privacy in general. Now, we all know that the only one who can really ask for that, as I said, is a qualified medical professional. But even then, if a qualified medical professional asks for that information, are you obliged or compelled to give it? That's still only by your consent. So we're dealing with something that's, I mean, that's why so many shops, they just don't care. So if you're a business owner, here's how to, I would suggest, handle this. Put out the signs. Don't go trying to be a hero and buck the trend and, and you know, I'm not going to put my sign out or I'm not going to put the notices up because you're just going to ask for, you know, unwanted attention. You'll get dogged in. You'll get people come to investigate. Just, it's not your job to enforce it, but you can ask and that's your job. So as long as you do that side of things and somebody comes to do their investigation or their compliance check and they're like, have you got your mask sign up? Yeah, I do. Have you got your QR code up there? I sure do. Have you got your vaccine passport sign up? Sure do. Good. Is it your job to enforce that? Of course it's not. It's a government thing. We'll call it a directive, but it's not even really properly a directive. So let's just call it a government thing, right? So therefore, if it's a government thing, whose job is it to enforce the government's thing? It's the government. It would take a government official or an employee to enforce that. But can anyone enforce anything of a medical nature? Of course not. I know that. You know that. Super Nintendo Chalmers knows that. Whoever the head of the country is. I saw one from him the other day and he's even saying that. So nothing at a federal level has anything to do with mandating medical procedures or apparatus or QR code check-ins or anything for that matter. This is all state run. By now, people will know that federal and state cannot conflict 
within one or between one another. And to the extent of the controversy, controversy, get the words right, to the extent of the controversy, it's federal will always override state. So that's all well and good, but possession is nine-tenths of the law. And while they're kicking up a stink and putting on this show, uh, not enough people are holding them liable. Okay, so part of liability is doing it the legal way. The other part of it, though, is what we term holding your position. To hold a position, you have to first establish the position. So we'll get into a bit of that as well. And this is why I think this is a great thing, because it is compelling us all to come into our own power. So where is our sense of self? Where is our empowerment? You know, do we remember who we are yet? Or are we still waiting for someone to save us or the the system to go back to normal and just provide us with that teeth that we've been sucking on for a long, long time? So I really think personally, this is a big favor because if you cannot do that, you cannot embrace that test and you cannot walk through that test, you are going to be on the you know, probably not having things how you like it. But then that's a a gift as well because then you're going to have to create what you like. So long story short, what we're all offered to do here is to come back into our own essence, remember who we are, and really get out there and create what is important for us rather than just, you know, going along the highway that's paved for us. I mean, that's only going one way. We've got to get out and make our own paths. And I'll get into a bit of that as well. That's public versus private. So let's just think about an employer. An employer offering you that you need to get vaccinated, for example, before you come back to work. We'll start there, then we'll go to business owners, what you might be able to do, and then we'll go into what people are afraid of. Uh, yeah, this might, I'm doing this on Facebook, not Instagram, because it could go for more than an hour. So I'm an employee, right? My boss says, hey, Tom, come here. Got to have a chat with you. Mate, you got to get a vaccine before you come back to work next week. And I'll go, really? Is that so? Will I refuse that? Will I say, no, not getting that done? Not going to do that. Why aren't I going to do that? Because refusing an offer is dishonorable in commerce and it is grounds actually for dismissal if you become dishonorable, if you start refusing things. Number one, we've been through this a lot, but just to recap, if it is not stated in your work contract, that you have, that you have agreed to go through any kind of medical procedure or the vaccines are part of that, well, then it's not in your work contract. So one of the things that you could do if you're already kind of got one foot out the door is get a payout. You get a payout on your original contract plus damages if need be. You can also hold them accountable for why they're asking. I mean, here, just think of this one for a second. So let's say somebody goes, hey, Tom, have you got your, have you got your jab yet? And I'll go, oh, hey, that's a really good question. Uh, isn't that my private personal medical information? Yeah, but we need to know if you've got it before you can come back to work. Well, I may or may not have got a jab, but is that not my private personal medical information? A second time I've asked that question, right? And I haven't answered their question. They're like, yeah, but we've got to know. It's like, and I say, hang on, let's just get this straight. Is that my personal private medical information? Yes or no? Very simple question. They go, well, yeah. So great. Why are you asking? Why is it that you are attempting to breach my privacy right now? Is that you really able to do that within your position there? I'm pretty sure that within employee-employer relationships, that's not within your bounds, is it? And you can literally, it doesn't, vaccines are off the table now. It's literally we're going after what they're doing wrong and holding them accountable. So I hear a lot, and I say this a lot in the workshops that I do. I hear a lot of people say, I said the thing or I did the thing. 
and they go and it didn't work. And it's not the thing that does the thing. It's you. It's you that does it. Establishing a position, which is bringing up a topic, uh, vaccines, privacy, uh, is that your job? Uh, do you work for the government? That's just establishing the position. The skill or what you need to develop is the ability to hold that position. And that can get a little uncomfortable for anyone, either especially on the receiving end. So if you're not used to, say, confrontation, and this isn't confrontational, by the way, but if you're not used to that, it can be very easy for people to just bring something up and then let it go to somewhere else. But that's not what we do when we hold position. So whatever we bring up, that point, we do not move from there until an agreement is formed. Until that point, it doesn't go to another topic. They don't get to change the subject and we don't want to move on to another topic or subject either. Let's just have a look at how that might work. So somebody says, hey, Tom, look, you've got to, um, have you got your jab yet? And I'll say, oh, that's a really good question. So at no stage am I going to say yes or no. I'm not just going to go into answering the question and I'm not going to make a claim and or anything to that effect. So I'll say, hey, look, that's a really good question. Have I refused anything? Have I ignored the question? I've actually acknowledged the question there. That's a great question. Thanks for asking. Now I'm going to go into asking a question in return. So then I say, hey, look, uh, just want to get one thing straight. That's my private personal medical information though, isn't it? You just asked me about my getting a jab, didn't you? That's private and personal, isn't it? It's medical nature. Oh, well, look, we just need to find out, you know, if you've got it because otherwise you can't come back and there's these new rules and blah, blah, blah. Whatever they say is not the answer to your question. So then you can say, or I would say in that instance, say, look, we can get to all of that. Some of that may be true. Some of it may not be. But look, it's a very simple question. It's my private personal medical information, is it not? So I don't let them take it somewhere else. I don't let them ignore the question. And I don't let, I don't let myself take myself out of that position. I hold it. So then it can get a little, oh, is this getting a little uncomfortable? I don't know. So then they might bring something else up. Like, man, it's not about that. We just need to know uh, about this or that. And I'll say, yeah, look, we can get to that, as I said, but if this is really important. I mean, you're not trying to step outside of your bounds, are you? I mean, I'm sure there's a big liability for that. So again, is that not my private personal medical information? It's a yes or no answer, which is it? That's holding position. It's not letting subjects change or anything like that. So what happens by holding the position is, as I said, we form an agreement. Agreements are what commerce is all based on. Offers and acceptance or offers and non-consent. It's whatever it is, we form an agreement. And that agreement is what can then form a, essentially a standing, like a legal standing. So when an agreement is formed, if anyone goes against that agreement, well, then there's liability at, at stake. So at this point, we haven't quite got an agreement. I might have to ask a third and final time and say, listen, look, I'm happy to have this discussion with you. I appreciate your question, but we've got to make, we've got to get something established first. That's my private personal medical information, isn't it? At that point, they're likely going to go, yeah, of course it is. So now we have an agreement. We have both agreed that is my private personal medical information. So now that's done. Okay. That's put into a little container done. We've agreed on that. Now we can establish another position and hold that and form an agreement on that. So then I might say, Great. Look, I'm glad we, uh, we got that straight because, you know, that was my feeling. I'm glad you agree. So listen, uh, 
you you really it seems like you'd be going outside of your bounds, wouldn't you? I mean, you're not a medical practitioner, are you? You're a plumber, or you're a you're a Woolworths manager, like whatever your employer is. You're a aged care, uh, you know, middle management somebody or other. It's like you're not a medic qualified medical professional, are you? And you would hold position on that. They'll go, look, that's it's not about that, Tom. It's about this. And I say, no, look, we've just got to handle this first. I appreciate if you answer my question. My question is, are you a qualified medical practitioner? Yes or no. You would hold position on that, form that agreement. Of course, the answer is no. So now we've got that agreement too. We've got private personal medical information, agreed. Medical practitioner, yes or no, agreed. Now we'll form a new agreement. So we'll go, hey, listen, so look, I'm having a difficult time here because I'm more than happy to, you know, have this discussion, but I just want to make sure that within this, uh, you know, employer-employee relationship that we're not going to break any rules because I certainly don't want to break rules here. I'm sure you don't either. So let's just, uh, you know, then you can go wherever you want. So the, the third agreement that I might form there is with regards to liability. I might bring that up. I might say, listen, it would seem to me that if you were even attempting to ask for that information, whether I've had it or not, it just seems like you'd be breaching all sorts of privacy, wouldn't you? I mean, isn't that what would be happening? And wouldn't there be big liability for that? I mean, I'd hate to see you as my boss or the company or whoever. I'd hate to see that happen. You know, that seems like it'd be really bad. Then they'll try to backpedal on that. They'll go, oh, but it's the government thing and it's these new regulations and we'll get big fines. What's everyone scared of? The fine. We're going to get into that side of things as well. Everyone's scared of that. So you say, well, look, it just doesn't seem right though. See, because what it seems like is you're afraid of a little bit of a fine from the government, which may or may not even be a real thing, but you're willing to risk actual liability by asking me for that kind of information. I mean, seriously, I, I mean, even going into that topic, whether I had or hadn't, then you're going to get into, you know, topics such as can you even come to work? And that, man, that's like really dicey territory. I don't know if you'd really want to go there. I'm just trying to look out for you, you know? So you could kind of have, you could have that kind of conversation with them. And at that point, you're forming another agreement. And when people are faced with somebody like that, it's really difficult for them. Is that going to, uh, you know, get you the outcome that you want on the spot right there and then? Maybe, maybe not. I know plenty of people who've got jobs back previously with things like influenza and flu vaccines because they were in the, uh, the health industry, got their jobs back or held position and didn't get fired in the first place. So then what we're going to need to do is to at least form the agreements. Whether your boss or employer, whatever you're dealing with, the company plays ball in that initial instance, that meeting or not, it doesn't matter. Because as long as agreements are formed, that's what you can take to a civil tribunal or a magistrate's court. Or you could file a fair work uh, complaint or anything to that effect. As long as there is an agreement there and it's not just he said, she said. So let's back up a bit. You would either do this by email or you wouldn't really do it in written form posting because it's slower. Email is a lot quicker. Or you would have a conversation with them. Now, the way you would have that is you would call for a mediation meeting or they've called you in whatever. Now, at this point, you just you'd want to record it. You either need another work colleague there as a witness who will be a witness on an affidavit, for example, or you need to record it. And that way, it's all on the record. Because it can't be he said, she said. You can't walk in, you file a complaint with fair work or uh, a hearing in a, in a small claims or something and say, well, I said this and then they said that and they agreed this and they'll just be like, well, where's the evidence? You have to have evidence for it. So it must be recorded or witnessed, one or the other. So that's forming agreements. That's establishing position and holding position. 
The other way that that can work is uh, you, you instigating it, you preempting that. So rather than somebody going, look, we've got to have the chat, you can actually instigate that and you can say, look, I need a, I need a uh, mediation meeting with you because I'm concerned about these upcoming mandates that are being put forward. And that's when you actually set up a meeting. Now, if they refuse that meeting, that looks really bad. That's really dishonorable on their part and that would come back on them. So they're always in their best interest to take a meeting and that's where you would record it. You bring up your concerns. You would have them do their best to answer it and then and, and that's that really. So uh, obviously on a live stream, we can't go into absolutely every detail of that, but that's the essence of it. And if you dig deep, and you really have the will to make that happen and work, it will work for you. But you've, it's got to come from you. You can't kind of half-ass that and go, oh, I wish somebody would do this for me. It has to come from you or it's not coming from anywhere. So we're at this point in time in the world that it's all about us now. Full responsibility and self-responsibility is the only way forward. You look at where not applying that has got us and no one likes that. So now it's time to actually, you know, come back into ourselves and, and take responsibility for everything that we create. And if we're not competent at something yet, well, get competent quick or, you know, just go with whatever, wherever that takes you and figure it out along the way. Now, let's say you're going into a shop, okay? So we're turning up to a shop now and the shopkeeper says, uh, you know, hey, you've got your vaccine passport. Same thing. Hey, thanks for asking. You don't go, no, I don't do that. I'm not doing that. I've got rights. You can't make me do that. That's against the law. None of that's going to do you any good. First and foremost, because you're dealing with just another man or woman who has their own feelings, their own ego, their own everything, and you don't want to rub them the wrong way. So you can literally just start it with an impartial response. You're not agreeing. You're not disagreeing. Say, thanks for asking. How are you today? Turn it back around on them. They'll say, yeah, good, but have you got your passport thing there? Now, you can play that any way you like, the same way you play masks and QR codes. Look, you can do the have a conversation about what that is. You don't even know what it is, all right? So realistically, though, what we want to do is stick to being very precise and specific in order to form a precise and specific agreement. So that means going in and saying, uh, well, let's just take a few examples because I don't want to put words in people's mouths. I don't want you to think, oh, I heard a live stream and this is what you say. You've got to learn the principles. And the principles are, ask specific and precise questions. That's establishing a position. Once you do that, you need to hold that position. And in doing so, you will form the agreement. So it's three steps to that. So what questions could you ask? You could say, hey, thanks very much. Uh, how are you today? That's good. Listen, uh, you're asking me for private personal medical information, aren't you? Is that what you're asking for? Uh, what, what exactly are you asking for? You're asking for my medical records. Is that what you're asking? They'll go, oh, just after, have you got your vaccine passport? I'm just, we've got to ask that. And say, no, I heard what you said, but are you not asking me for my medical records? That's what you're asking me, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, but I'm a bit confused. Is that not what you are asking me for? You see how within that little monologue there, I basically asked the same question three times and I phrased it in a way that is like a sales process. It's like a close. Is that not what you're asking? Or that's what you're asking, isn't it? A closing question to prompt it really, it really dials them into a specific kind of a response. It's not, it's not really vague or they could go anywhere with that. It the psychology of that draws them into a yes response, but they're not really want to give that because as they're saying it, they'll realize it's the wrong thing to say. So then we're establishing the position. If need be, we hold it and then we form that agreement. Then we might need to do it a couple of different ways. 
Now, there's an uh, element of rights and law that essentially states that if it's not included, it's excluded and vice versa. So what that means is, let's say an employer is saying to you or a, um, uh, a shop is saying to you, either if you, you can't come back to work unless you've got a jab or you can't come into the store unless you've got a jab, right? But you've got to listen to the language because a lot of people are just bordering on hysteria. They're hearing something that sounds like it says X, but it doesn't say that at all. So this is what you could say to an employer, for example. You could say, are you telling me... Actually, I'll make this easy for people. If an employer does not give you notice to your name, not to the employees of the company, but to you personally, and it says, if you do not get at least two doses of a Moderna, Johnson & Johnson or Pfizer, mRNA, gene mutation, therapy, injection, you are fired on the spot. If it doesn't say that, then that's not what it says. All employees are encouraged to get a this or a that to be able to attend work next week. Does that say that you must get two doses of an mRNA gene mutation therapy injection from Johnson & Johnson, Moderna or Pfizer or you are fired? Does that say that? It couldn't be more completely stark. It's completely different. So it doesn't say that. So then there's a lot within that that people aren't picking up on. You've got to read or hear what is being said to the letter. It's so specific and precise when it comes to matters of law. That's why there are so many different uh, you know, parts of one act that all seem to say the same thing. Because it has to include every kind of angle that could possibly be covered. Otherwise, it doesn't say it. Right? So this is a really important aspect and you need to learn the skill of nailing people down on exactly what is or what is not being said. So then you could take that and flip it onto them and you could say, look, I got this uh, letter and it says to the employee, uh, it's highly recommended that you get uh, vaccinated for COVID-19. So that doesn't mean get a Pfizer, Moderna or Johnson & Johnson mRNA gene mutation therapy, whatever it's called, right? That's not what it says. It says... Every employee is highly encouraged to get vaccinated for COVID-19. What does that mean? I mean, I know where everyone's minds are going with this, but for the purpose of this example, that is not telling you that you must get vaccinated. It's to the employee. Employee is a statutory term. It does not apply to you directly unless you answer to being the employee, then you are an employee. And then it's not saying what you think it says. It's you've got to read it very specifically and precisely. So take a step back from it and observe it. What's actually being said here? The same way everyone should watch videos that get sent around social media. Rather than seeing someone getting pepper sprayed and just going, whoa, this is all crap, and getting so angry at the world, watch it. Watch what's happening. Who's in that scene? What are the in and out points? Why did they cut it there and there? You know, what's this look? Does that actually look like a woman or is that, you know what I mean? Like... Take a step back and observe. It's a great skill for everything in life, right? Not just this. So take a step back from any letters that you get, have a look at it and see what it really says. And likewise, see what it is not saying. What's not being said often is more telling than what is being said. It's actually really telling you, like reading between the lines, that you don't have to do a lot of what you think you have to do. So let's just recap a couple of things for the employee-employer side and we'll move to businesses and, and going into shops again. So you've got, first of all, your work contract. 
If it's not in the work contract, it's not in the work contract. Simple as that. So they would be breaching contract. You can get a payout. You could get damages. You can go down that route. You can form an agreement with the employer by establishing and holding a position to form that agreement and then to get them to admit that they would be liable, for example, and then hold them liable. How do you do that? You just need it in writing that they have stated something very specific and precise and that they can be held liable for. As long as that's on record, you can put that through, you can hire a lawyer, go through fair work, you could, many options for that, or do it privately. Takes more skill, but that's why you'd use someone like Zev or Solutions Empowerment or Know Your Rights Group or uh, any of the people that do that for a business, they might be able to back you up and help you through that process. It'll cost you, and you're better off doing it yourself and learning how to do it yourself, but that option is there. So then, If you are a business, like I said at the start, I would recommend complying with the directives of what you're meant to put out. Put out the signs, right? There's no sense in trying to be a hero and just going, oh, I'm not putting that out. It's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. But you're going to get, you're going to get lemmings complain. You're going to get people who have nothing better to do than dob you in. And then when there is a complaint put in, people must turn up. From any department that's within government, they have to turn up to investigate complaints. So you're going to have that come and then you're going to have the whole position, waste your time. And uh, hey, maybe you want that experience. I'm not saying don't have it because you might want that. You might want someone to come in so you can have that experience of holding them accountable. Great experience to have, but if that's not where you want to go, just put the damn signs up. It's still not your job to enforce it, right? So you can ask, anyone can ask, but as soon as there's any kind of, is that really, are you really privy to them? That information, it's like, no worries, I just had to ask. Thanks very much, welcome, coming to the store, right? You've done your job. You cannot be fined for not doing the government's job. That's all you would have to do. Somebody comes in and they'd say, look, apparently you're not asking everybody for their certificate of vaccination. And you could say, well, hey, look, that's a really interesting thing there because uh, just so that you're aware, I have absolutely been asking people, but that's a government directive, is it not? Yeah, it is. Great. And... Am I getting a check from the government? Is anyone paying me? Do, I, do you have some evidence that I'm on the government's payroll or a timesheet? Can you show me where I work for the government? What are you talking about? That's not the answer to my question. The, answer, the question again is, do you have some evidence that I'm a government employee, either payroll advice or a timesheet? Answer the question. A simple question, yes or no, which is it? No? Great. Okay, so why would I be expected, me as a baker, or a butcher, or a fruit and vegetable operator, or a massage therapist, or a hairdresser, why would I be expected to do the government's job without being on the payroll and without having a timesheet to show that I'm employed by the government? How is that my responsibility? Is that not the government's responsibility? Are you giving me extra money to hire extra staff? No? Well, great. How is that my responsibility? As far as I'm aware, my job is to serve customers. It's not to enforce and to ask people for medical information, which I'm not privy to, unless I'm mistaken, am I privy to people's private personal medical information? I mean, imagine saying that to some numbnut COVID marshal that comes in, or even a police officer. That's why so many of them uh, have anxiety about their jobs at the moment, because they know they can't do that. Now, let's take the literally the needle in a haystack of businesses getting a fine, right? $5,000, $50,000, whatever it is, who cares? None of these are sticking in a courtroom. Now, what the system is using against people is this fear of a fine. That's it. That's what they're using. 
That's why shopkeepers are getting irate at customers. It's why employees are like, shit, I've got to sack, sack my staff. I don't really want to, but I've got it. Because they fear the fine. It's what they're using. It's just a fear tactic. Now, I'm not going to come out and say on a public broadcast that you have nothing to fear. Just throw them in the bin because that's not how you handle them. But in my personal experience, and I've spoken to a lot of people in a lot of different industries, no fines have stuck. So I get that people are adverse to getting a fine in the first place. But if you just think of what it is, it's an offer. How do you handle an offer? You communicate, you negotiate. That's how you handle it. So let's say you were given one, right? You can contact the people that gave it to you. You don't have to put up a, a, a fuss on the scene. Just contact them and say, listen, I think there's been a mistake. You've come in and you've given me this fine, right? But it does seem, I've checked it, I have checked it, and it seems that that's a government regulation. It seems that that's private and personal medical, that's someone's medical records, right? So I'm just not sure. I'm just going to need you to clarify. If I've done something wrong, happy to pay the fine, no problem. So it's a conditional acceptance, right? But the thing is, it just seems like, yeah, I'm being told I have to do the government's job, and invade people's privacy for the medical information. Now, if you can tell me that that's my job, I just need you to explicitly and specifically tell me that I am bound by law to do that. I'm bound by law to do the government's job without payroll or timesheet to show that I'm employed by the government and that it's to invade people's medical privacy. As long as that's my job and I'm bound by law to do that, I'll pay the fine, 50,000, no problem. So what are you doing? You're conditionally accepting. Can they answer those questions? Of course not. So then here's the other thing. For me, getting out of fines is not, that's not my thing. If someone wastes my time, my time's not free. So I'm not satisfied with something getting dropped in court. I know a lot of people are. They go, oh, I had this thing over my head and it's gone. I'm so happy. And that's where some people are. And that's fine. I'm not, you know, not, not mocking people. But it was only ever an offer in the first place. So this pressure that people feel like, oh, I'm going to lose my, my livelihood, my family and my business. It's not going to happen because it's just an offer. So when you see it as such and you handle it as such, you just, I mean, watch the replay and, and go through what I just said. Put that in an email to them. Now, then what you would say is this. You'd say, I'm, I'm going to need you to come in and apologize and withdraw that. Because as far as I'm aware, I've checked it. I haven't done anything wrong. Now, if you're going to stand your ground and hold your position, then you are telling me then that I've done something wrong by law. So I'm going to take that to a court and have it uh, heard by a judge. Now, if it turns out that the judge throws this out, then obviously I was right and you were wrong. So I'll take it as your agreement that you will cover my legal costs. If the, if the judge throws it out, you'll pay me. You'll pay me my hourly rate for attending that, plus damages, plus everything else, plus harassment, plus whatever you want to put on there. Which is, and that's going to come out of your pocket. So I'm not going to name names or anything, but that has happened where the police have come and apologized and or withdrawn fines or something to that effect because they know that that's, there's no leg to stand on. And when you set them up to agree that if they are going to make you waste your time and go to court to have it heard, then they're going to pay for it. Not many people are willing to take that, uh, that, you know, like that bet, like I'll wager that. I'm going to put money on that one because all of the ones that I know of that have gone to court have not gone through because the, the courts don't even hear them a lot of the times. Do you know that? <laughs> well, especially because sometimes you're not even going into the court. They're done by call or a Zoom, like a, a, um, a video call link. And they're, they're just getting thrown out before you can even jump on the call. 
some people are having hearings and then they're just being dismissed. So your time is not free. You've got to value your time. If somebody wants to come in and waste that, let them. Like, don't fear it. Don't get so, oh, no, I've got to defend myself. Let them come in. Well, you don't even have to. They're trespassing. If they do want to come in, you can have trespass signs up, for example. But the bottom line is, talk to them, ask them questions, establish a position, hold a position, form an agreement. Then, let's say you're not really willing to do it in the shop. It's not going your way. It's too busy, whatever. You can take it. Don't accept it. Just go, well, I'll, I'll take whatever you're giving me under duress because I need to get back to business, but I'll be contacting you very, very shortly. So then you contact him, go through what I said. I've checked. Pretty sure I did nothing wrong. Pretty sure it's not my job. Pretty sure it's not the law to do that. Then if, it, if I've done something wrong, more than happy to pay. That's your conditional acceptance. You're not refusing anything. You're not arguing. Just ask some questions. Now, if they don't answer the questions or they do let it go through to a court, they are agreeing, they'll pay your legal fees. Uh, your fees, as in your fees, not legal fees, because you won't have legal fees. Your fees, that's what they'll do. So that's how you can allay that. There is also talk, and this is a great idea, I'm not going to organize it, but other people can, of uh, community funding a retainer for a barrister. So let's say you live in uh, Greater Melbourne, or you live in like inner Sydney or something, like a specific town. If you've got every business in town to chip in 20 bucks a month, that would very, very easily fund a barrister to be on retainer. What can happen then is you can just welcome fines. What are you giving me today? hundred grand, bring it in. Yep, g'day. Oh, you got another fine for me? Yep, thanks, bring it in. Thank you. See ya. Yep, no worries. Give it to the barrister, let the barrister handle it. For 20 bucks a week, even whatever it would be between you know a thousand businesses, that will hire a barrister to be on retainer. And barristers get these things thrown out before they even hit the floor. So that's another option. Again, with what we're dealing with, it's about how do we want to be creative? How do we want to make this our world, not theirs? It's not, we're not just, you know, jellyfish or plastic bags just flapping around in the breeze. Oh no, the change is blowing that way now or blow that way and just blow, oh no, I'm going to blow that way. That's not how it works. We're not here to be pushed around by other people. We've got to stand up for ourselves and that's one way you can do it, but there are many and that's why the creativity is a hugely important aspect. Can't stress that enough. With uh, businesses that may be trying to deny you entry, as I said, look, they tried to do that with masks. They tried to do it with QRs and it didn't really work. I don't know if it did in your particular part of the country or the world, but especially around here and other places that I've spoken to all around, it's not really, they're not really doing it, right? Because everyone knows you just can't do it. So like I've said in previous, uh, you know, mask and QR code videos, do not see them as the enemy. They're still part of the community. Now, the system, as far as I can see it, does want these businesses to have to close. They do want police officers to have to leave. Why? Because then they can take out small business and just make it multinational conglomerates going into the globalist system. And then they want police to leave so that they can then fill those positions with their stormtroopers, I think. I'm not saying that's exactly why, but that makes sense to me as to... Why? That would be, you know, squeezing at this tightly, knowing people are going to leave and I think wanting that. So we've got to stand strong. We've got to support that. But that's got a caveat to it, which I'm still getting to. So don't see them as the enemy because they're not. Neither are the police the enemy. No, no one's the enemy. The enemy's actually in here. The way we're framing things. Where's our disempowerment? That's all in here, right? That's the enemy. That's why we get angry at people or we get fearful because someone's got a badge or a gun. There's nothing to fear. 
It's all, we create that, right? So again, another opportunity to be going back in to ourselves to find that place so that we can become more empowered. And what better opportunity than what we're seeing in the world right now? You know, you can't, it's better than any movie. It's just, you know, we've got to, we've got to take an active role in it is what I'm saying. Can't just sit back and let this, uh, let other people take care of it. Hope it, hope someone else changes power or something. And you know what I mean? It's got to be, it's got to be done by us. So uh, talk to them as a man or a woman as part of your community first. Same thing as everything else. If they're going to start barring people, it's too hard basket. Just boycott them. Too bad. Whatever. Just, you know, stop crying over things like that. Create something new. Find somewhere else. You know, grow food instead. Get your stuff from somewhere else. Like make it happen in a different way. Uh, but look, I'll, I'll wager, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll just say it this way. I will bet you that it's not going to go down like you can't get into shops without a vaccine passport because it didn't happen before with, with everything else that's already come. I don't think people are going to risk that kind of liability. I think they're trying to make people so scared that enough people willingly comply to go and get jabs and then they get their numbers and then that's what they want. Uh, all right, so let's move from there into... Uh, I know there's some things that I said I would handle. I'm probably going to forget. But the, one of the main elements here is the public versus private. So everything that we're thinking about here as far as working for someone or we are going into like Woolworths or something like that, that's the public realm. Now, the public realm is that of entities and fiction and everything that is not serving us, never has. It's all regulated bureaucracy, insurance, everything that's like not really right with the world that has created what we're currently uh, wanting to backpedal from. So... When we can move then into the private, and I'm talking to people who are business owners here or you know, even wanting to quit your job and start a business, whatever. If you can learn how to do that, move it into the private, you're going to have a much better time with things. Why? Because the private is the world of living, of substance, uh, and it's self-regulated. You don't come under anybody's rule or authority. And, and as I keep saying, nobody has that kind of authority unless you give it to them. So you don't have to answer to anyone in the private because it's private. So everything that you can do in the public, having a coffee cart, doing someone's hair, doing whatever, you can do it in the private. The difference is you're not registered to anyone. That's the difference. You don't register for qualifications. doesn't mean you can just be completely incompetent at something and then try to make a business out of it. You still have to be competent. But... You know, I've said many times, a qualification does not equal competence. Quite often, people hide their incompetence behind a qualification and the insurance that it affords them. So uh, it really comes back to this. When you leave that world of the public and step into the private, everything is on you. Absolutely everything. There's no insurance. I mean, there are sort of insurances you can get, but what I mean is that you're not held by a regulating body. It's now you. So then everything that you do with a product or service, you've got a, you're much more invested in that because all of the responsibility lies on you. And that's a great place to be. It really is. So then, uh, you can protect, you can protect yourself through things like private trust. There's many different ways to set that up. But what I want to at least bring to the table at this point in time is the fact that the private is, in my opinion, the way to go. If you like the public system, go for it. I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do or that you shouldn't do it. 
It's just that if you're worried about all this sort of stuff going on, do whatever you do now and just move it into the private. You've got to be deregistered from whatever you're registered to. Uh, you've got to cover yourself for any liabilities that you may be liable for to protect yourself. You might want a private trust. Uh, but look, I don't have any of that and I've been in the private for like 20 years. So that means that I don't, as a holistic health practitioner, I don't have, you know, high caps. I don't have, I, I can't give like people rebates through Medicare or anything like that. But as a result, I attract better quality clients. And there's so many different ways you can do that where you're definitely not going to have uh, a lack of customers, for example, if you move into the private. It's, a, it's such an illusion that that public system provides you with some kind of security that sometimes you can't see it until you leave it. But you leave it and you just go, oh, I can't believe that that is what I was holding on to because the private will give you everything and more. Things that you're not even aware that you probably needed or wanted in the first place. So if we just recap a few things, uh, if it's not explicitly said, then it's not being said. So many different examples for that. I mean, one of the one of the examples of that is when I, uh, you know, I invoice people. I've litigated uh, several companies and police officers, and uh, and I've invoiced a lot of them. And some of them, they turn around and say, well, you can't invoice us. You know, we're the government or we're the police or we're a financial institution. You can't invoice us. And I go, really? Where in your terms and conditions is it say that you don't accept invoices from your customers or from the people? And I go, well, it doesn't say it. I go, exactly. So if it doesn't, if that's not explicitly stated in your terms and conditions, then you do accept uh, invoices from the public. Like, no, we don't. And we just agreed that it's not in your terms and conditions. And if it's not in there, then it's not in there. So therefore, you're accepting it. And then that's gone through. They had to settle with me. So it's as it's really a case of learning to discern very effectively the information that's being brought to you, not jumping into it and reacting and becoming emotional straight away. Let it come. Don't fear anything. You've got nothing to explain and nothing to defend if you are staying in honor and just in yourself. So then look at it, observe it, and see what it's really being said, and likewise, what's not being said. And that can tell you more of the story. And then act on it. How do you act on it? Well, you engage. You've got to have responses or be proactive and engage from the start. Don't wait for them to engage you and form agreements. How do you do that? You establish a position and then you hold the position. You do that effectively and you form an agreement. That agreement can then be adjudicated or administrated by a civil tribunal, by fair work, by a magistrate in a court, many different options. So that then comes down to who? You know, Batman, Superman, your boss, your mum, doesn't come down to anybody but you. So in this time, first of all, it does come down to us, but it's also banding together. I mean, if you knew that you had nothing to lose, like life would be better without this crap that we're encumbered by, within the system, wouldn't you just let it go anyway? Like, who cares? That job, don't need it. That business, don't need it. I'll do it. I'll do something different. You know, if you didn't fear it, they would have nothing to hold against you. And likewise, the fines. People fear the fines, but you have nothing to fear. And either set it up on a retainer thing, get somebody who's really proficient, just make it their full-time job. Give them a hundred grand for the year. They'll handle everyone's fines, you know? Uh, maybe not a barrister. No, they probably would still, especially someone that's switched on. But I mean, even someone like Zev or, you know, uh, Know Your Rights group, like those guys, just give someone a hundred grand. They'll, they'll just be on you. That's their only job then for the next six months. 
is just to take on every fine and handle it for you. How would that be? You wouldn't have anything to fear. But you can do it yourself anyway. Like I said, form agreements, form a new agreement on that, such as your time isn't free, and then stick it to them. Let them take it. Like put it on them. Let them feel the fear. Let them fear the pressure. If I don't want to be litigated against, I don't want liability, you know? So we don't just have to be these powerless plebs, just, oh, don't give me a fine or don't oppress me. Don't ask me for that. Put it on them. Ask them for stuff. Litigate them. Just do it either in return, honorably, without having to force it because empowerment doesn't have to force, just does. Or preempt it, instigate it, do it yourself. You know? So many options, many, many options. I think not enough people are being creative enough. You've got to just figure out what it is that you want in your life. And some people don't even want their job. You know, if you really sat down and asked what it is that you want in your life, is, is the job that you have part of it? If it is, great, go after it. If it's not, maybe it's time to reassess what you're doing and find something better to do. Move into the private, form strong community groups to support each other. There's many different ways that we can operate. So I know that I said I was going to do some other things and I've forgotten what they are, but I'll do another one if I can remember what those are. Hope that helped. Stick together. Be proactive. Um, I've got to say, you know, the Northern Rivers here and the Gold Coast from what I'm seeing, so many proactive people. People that are actually going to businesses, not waiting until they don't let them in with a vaccine passport. They're going to them now. They're forming relationships, building rapport, educating, you know, letting them know that you have their back. You don't have to enforce this if you're not a government official or a medical professional. So don't worry about it. You know, this is what can happen. This is what can't happen. This is what would happen if you got a fine. We support or this will happen or that'll happen. You know, it's about being proactive and getting the message out, getting the message out in whatever way we can. So hopefully people can take some of that on board. Hopefully that helps people with a little bit about, you know, what they're worried about in the world. Uh, I keep hearing people say, oh no, such and such has got the jab. I'm really scared. I can't tell you this is a fact, but I, it's, I don't know what this percentage would be, but my guess is 50%. 50% of all jabs currently are placebos. They just can't have people... <laughs> just dropping like flies. They have to have people who are able to say, I got a jab and I'm fine. What are you worried about? You conspiratorial, conspiratorial, uh, such and such, right? They have to have that in the initial stage. So that's part of it. And then a lot of people are wondering how to uh, detox and fix up from these things. So I will be doing a video on that uh, relatively soon. I just need to try a couple other things out before I uh, make any, you know, uh, Final sayings on that. Most of it's the same as everything else. High quality diet, high quality thoughts. Um, you know, standard detoxification with clay even, that'll do enough, you know. But there are other things that can help to break down some of this. The, the particle, the magnetic part particulates, especially things that make up chips and nanotech, then it's something slightly different, but it's definitely doable. So I'm just going to wait until I've got a, a definite protocol I can put out before. I mentioned anything, but there's already people putting stuff out. Most of it's good. So uh, a, a lot of it too is about how you resonate yourself because nature is always going to overcome what man makes. It just always does. It doesn't matter how badly man pollutes the earth. You'll always see nature come back. You know, new shoots, new trees, new waters. It always comes back, just always does. It doesn't matter if it's an oil slick or a, a fallout from a blast or... A, 
something's just been destroyed, nature always comes back. So even if man decides he's super smart and tries to modify you some way, nature, if you tap into nature, will always come back. Always. Might take a lot of time, but it will. And you can help that by coming back into essential nature. What does that mean? Being in nature, adequate sunlight, adequate fresh air, adequate movement, sticking within your circadian rhythms, clean organic food, clean water, clean thoughts, loving uh, activities of various kinds, creativity, that's coming back into nature and that's going to help you to overcome if that's you. As you resonate at higher and higher frequencies, these lower frequency uh, technologies don't bind to where you are. So again, that's a work in progress too. That's not like, you know, one of the things about this area is people all think they're in the fifth dimension <laughs> because they've hit a gong or taken some mushrooms or something. That's not how that works. That uh, takes a long time to really, uh, you know, shed your own layers to be able to, to do that. But at the same time, it's not an impossibility. And as long as you're on that path, then things become a lot easier.
Better sell me your soul Don't let nobody take control Don't want to a peace in your mind Listen to the sound of your heart Don't let nobody rip you apart Don't want to a peace in your mind Nothing but rumors and words People saying things that make you hurt From the time of your birth See what you 